seen a video nasty. I wouldn't. I have far too much. But how, how can you judge on video nasty? Oh, you've seen one. I actually don't need to see visually what I know is in that film. Last time uh, I spoke about the chance of Jimmy Blacksmith, I said, you know, this is a proper film, which oh, it <laughs> shouldn't be playing those kind of games, should I? Um, all the films on the Vision Nasties list are proper films, even Wrong Way, which is uh, possibly some people may disagree with. I suppose what I meant was it was uh, a type of film that would win awards, has a certain look and feel to it. It is a proper film. I do that in inverted commas in the sense that, as we are now in Oscar season, even in our COVID times, um, a film that is designed or deliberately wanted to be uh, thoughtful, insightful to uh, to catch the eye. Made in 1978 in Australia, written and produced by Fred Shapisi and starring uh, Tom E. Lewis, who was uh, billed at the time as Tommy Lewis. Now, Tom was a uh, a newcomer who'd been kind of picked up off the street, basically, in terms of, you know, seeing and kind of, you'd be great in our film kind of thing. It's a story about a Aboriginal Australian who commits murder and goes on the run. It's actually based on, very loosely based on the events of uh, one guy, a guy called Jimmy Governor. It was, as we said, critically acclaimed. It won awards, which we'll get into in a bit. Um, but kind of created a, a disillusioning experience for for our, our director, uh, producer and writer, Fred. Uh, and he left Hollywood. Uh, he left Australia for Hollywood afterwards because he, he was disappointed that people did not see um, in the film what he wanted them to. Uh, that's probably not that surprising. The Chance of Jimmy Blacksmith is a, a film about race. It's about racism and it's about some of the ugliness that sits in a institutionally racist society. Um, Jimmy constantly, for the first half of the film, hits many problems before finally kind of exploding into an almost exploitation-style degree of violence. That exploitation style is the reason why it was uh, it, it potentially came to some attention uh, and was seized uh, by police in the early 80s in the UK. Missionary Black. No was tell a missionary Black. You had seven and six a week, Tucker. Horse, sleep in the stables, no boots. Where have you been, Master Blacksmith? Haven't it occurred to you that you might be needed for higher things? Hmm? Ah, you do read, don't you? Of course I read. <laughs> Morning, boss. This is... Yeah. yeah, no reference. That's cause you can't bloody write. Oh, <laughs> 
<laughs> I come to help you get rich. I trust your nigga to turn my property into a black scarf then. What about me groceries? We need him. Look, the husband's not a charitable institution, Mr. Blacksmith. What for you lend your wife to white boy? White fella don't lend his wife to anybody. I understand you're going to marry a white girl, Mr. Blacksmith. You marry white girl. You owe me, Mr. Newby, for 900 yards. Listen, Jimmy, don't you come to Bush Lawyer with me. In my palgrave. You'll only lose that child of yours if you stay with the blacks. Believe you've got a real genuine white. Jesus, you're a fussy bloody black. Black bastards. The chant of Jimmy Blacksmith is the chant of the underdog. That's what I've done. Declared war! Okay, so, <clears throat> Jimmy uh, was a child of an Aboriginal mother and a white father and was raised to adulthood by a reverend and his wife. And they hope in, uh, again, in a, uh, you know, there's going to be, <laughs> Jimmy's lot is not great. So he's raised by this couple who are endemically trying to civilise him in how they see it and I, I, I when I say that I, I, I'm, I'm not that's their viewpoint not fucking mine um, and once he kind of reaches comes of age he kind of goes out and tries to establish himself what he wants is a farm he wants a wife he wants to kind of um, you know build you know he wants to make a little world part of the world for himself and through that time he is regularly fucked so um, his first employer Basically, short changes him and refuses to write a job recommendation for him uh, and gets into a fight with him uh, when uh, Jimmy turns around and goes, this is because you're illiterate, isn't it? And that causes a big fucking fight. Then he works for a policeman uh, who's used as like, and he used as like um, a hired muscle against uh, other groups in the area. He gets, a, gets into a relationship with his girlfriend, with a woman called Gilda, and then she gets pregnant, they marry, and it becomes very clear that that child is not his. Um, and so, you know, very public embarrassments. I suppose it's a cuckolding, I suppose, in a way. And um, he still kind of sticks with it. And he's working on a farm, and some of his family members come over to help with the work, and this becomes a massive um, point where it looks like they won't get paid and years of oppression and racism and violence kind of comes stronger and stronger and stronger and all hell breaks loose. And Jimmy commits 
very violent acts. Uh, and that happens around about the halfway mark. And then he goes on the run. And the other half is them on the run. And um, there's a lot of conversation. <laughs> and uh, a, um, a very um, bitter and angry kind of denouncement as uh, Jimmy's lot becomes uh, increasingly worse and worse. So the film is notable, um, firstly because of its content. So it is a film that uh, very much focuses on endemic racism and this story, which is you know turn of the century kind of kind of time in the Australian countryside. And it's also notable because it is a very angry film, like an incredibly angry film. So uh, the violence is, is visceral and shocking. Um, it's quite oppressive, it, you know, entirely because of the, the the handling of what happens with, with Jimmy and his family, and 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 and, and also, um, you know, it, it's a very vicious way of focusing in on 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 problems that as as are now, you know. Um, and so perhaps. I'm going to say unsurprisingly, um, the film was not a success. So it was, um, it lost, in fact, um, a hundred and the base part of 180,000 uh, Australian dollars. And because of that, um, it's film, it's Frederick Pissy, uh, then went on to, to leave, uh, Australia and to work on, um, Barbarossa. Which is um, a western starring Willie Nelson and Gary Busey, and then he f- he only really returned back to Australia to film again with Evil Angels, which is um, from 1988. Shapisi, despite the fact he could then go to Australia to, to Hollywood and make make you know make big films with Willie Mason and uh, Willie Nelson, and lost his money. He lost he lost his shirt on the film, and and then that's a you know that's a real real shame. And I suppose. One of the reasons for that is potentially when you hold up um, a mirror to to cultures and say, you know, listen, um, this is not great. Um, their response can be sometimes to, to to shun it or to ignore it or to pretend it's not happening. Uh, they might write a report in the uh, uh, and that say that institutional racism doesn't exist. That kind of thing. I'm just pit spitballing ideas off the top of my head. Um, and that obviously is, it's, it's a shame. The film is very well made. It was shot in, um, Panavision and it's one of those very big Australian, um, films from the seventies that, you know, like, like Walkabout or like Wake and Fright that just feel like proper quality movies. It won best original music score, a best actress in a lead role. It won best actor, um, for Ray Barris, by the way, not actually for fucking <laughs> Tommy Lewis, but anyway, let's put that to one side. Um, or for the uh, American Film Institute, the AFI in 1978, it was actually nominated for nine with award, dominated, nominated for the Palm Door, a can in 78. So, you know, big powerful film, but, you know, did not really hit the audience numbers that you would, you would hope a film like that would hit. I suppose, like, when you 
you're talking about the movie itself, and I think what we need to discuss generally is, you know, um, uh, we could talk about some of the themes and and where this movie's come from and, and kind of what it what it means. So the film was based on a book, uh, and that book was by um, Thomas Keneally, and um, that and that came out in seventy one. Was nominated for the Booker Prize, so you know a, a prominent novel, um, and that. But Keneally afterwards kind of says, you know, looks back on it and and has um, feelings of um, regret about the book. And the reason that is, is the book is from the Aboriginal point of view. But Keneally is is not Aboriginal. He's a white man. And uh, Fred Shapisi is also white. So we've got a situation where potentially a um you know uh the 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 they're not the they're not the best people to tell this story, let's put it that way. And when you're talking about highlighting marginalized groups who who you know who have the have had their agency and their voice taken away from them from us by from by society, that ain't great. I mean, the, so I think what's interesting though is the, the film and the book focus on very complex themes around race and society and how that those two things sit together. But the, but you know, it's still from a position of affluence and power. You know what I mean? The film, the producer, the film, the the writer, the filmmaker is is in an incredibly powerful position to tell this story. And does so. And also, he changes, I mean, listen, the film isn't the, 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 the chance of Jimmy Governor, this or the, the, you know, what the story's based on. It, it, it is a fictionalization of a real person and changed to a point. But it's also important to acknowledge that while Governor, the real person who did go on the run, wasn't a couple, did have a kid. That kid was his. That was his child. That was a different kind of relationship to the relationship that's on the screen and in the book. So you start asking yourself, well, why did you change that? You know what I mean? Why is, why is that part of that? Why is, you know, it, it, it's, it's almost like, uh, you know, a removal of the man's manhood and in a, and in a, in a weirdly, it's a weird, it's a strange thing to do. And, but, and, Generally, you could kind of say, "Well, that's that's fine. It's a creative decision. It's you know, it's it's not the Jimmy the the, battle, the chance of Jimmy Governor, is it? Let's be honest with you. It's the chance chance of Jimmy Blacksmith. It's, it's just they've taken a real life event and created their own story around it to say something about race then and race now. That's all fine, but then you get your position of you know a, a white person in a position of great power discussing these things. It makes it all a bit more um, complicated, shall we say?" So the film creates, despite all this, the film creates an uncomfortable watch. Um, it's very much sympathetic to to Jimmy's plight, to what's happening to him. You know, he wants to create a space, a little bit of the carve out a little bit of the world for himself, and he wants to do that in a white society. And he is demeaned because of that. Negative stereotypes are parroted to him by various pe- people during the film, um, which isn't particularly pleasant, I have to say. 
uh, and the film is very good at replicating that white society and him in it as from 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 a the societal point of view an outsider but what it's very bad at is showing any kind of real honesty about the aboriginal community and that is because on the flip side we are looking at what you know white people writing about an aboriginal culture that they don't really understand properly so it's not as clever as it thinks it is but nonetheless what it does it has power that almost became quite almost like a proper proper review that didn't it um so i suppose on a on a wider front you know so so like you've got two hours of your life should you watch the chance of jimmy blacksmith well it's an uncomfortable watch, which you know I'm sure you'd be into if you're a fan of of, 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 of shocking films. It, it treads into exploitation with a with a degree of uh, of skill and of upset. Uh, it, it knows what it's doing from that side of stuff, you know, which is what what I suppose what you want. It's long. It feels long. It's over two hours, uh, which isn't long for a film, really, is it? You know, these days, we fucking there. Uh, Spider-Man movies are like fucking three hours these days, aren't they? But from the flip side of that, um, the reason why it feels long is the is the way it's created. It 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 does have a, a, an act structure as such, but the third act feels like it's a fucking you know what I mean? <laughs> like it's not like thirty minutes each or something or forty five minutes each. It's like a huge chunk of this is people just talking about being on the run. Um, and that, you know, has its own, um, its own problems, you know, that has it from a, from a sitting down and watching it kind of point of view, it, it has its issues. The film also, interestingly enough, is quite anti-religion as well. It had, like, for some reason, like, everyone, everybody in it, including Jimmy, you know, you can't, you can't get behind Jimmy. He fucking killed kids. You know what I mean? It's not like, it's not a, his actions are not good. So from that side of stuff, it's interesting to kind of like, you know, but it, it, it's worth interest anyway. Everyone's awful. That's an interesting position to be in for a film. But also the, one of the key parts of this is that, um, you know, it saves some of its like really like kind of the, 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 the mom and dad, the, 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 the religious couple that raised Jimmy are fucking horrific. They're just idiots. Like the, nonsensical knobheads with civilizing ideas real like real missionary stuff you know and uh, and like that kind of and it, it really go it doesn't it just the film sneers at them and it's like in a film where all this is happening from like just old school like fuck you racism to um endemic you know the police kind of being you know violence against um Communities that they don't like because of racism, the violence, the um, the, the, the 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 unpleasantness, all the stuff with his wife. That's the one it really like. It seems to share, really go after. And I think one of the reasons for that is that it kind of um, has these ideas in terms of of just being really like unpleasantly unhappy with with the the need to act in this manner 
and like almost I suppose that the the, the behaviours are endemic of you know the good the people who think they're good but are just fucking like idiots and horrific and you know it, it has that kind of tone to it as well. No one's expecting a film like I'm not expecting a movie from 1970s to be especially fucking well thought out culturally in terms of race. You know what I mean? And um, I think at the moment, even now, um, there can be a tendency for horror to to basically be bad things happen to black people. And that'll that that'll do it. And I think of them in particular at the moment. That Netflix uh, Netflix is on Amazon, isn't it? That Amazon show that's out at the moment. And like the film deliberately tries to ground all the horrificness in the time as well. It's not clever enough to show real insight into its protagonist. It could easily be picked up by racists that the best thing that Jimmy could have done was just stick to his own kind. You know, it, it isn't clever enough from that side of stuff to really um, pull all this together in a, in a, in a way that um, doesn't, make you, <laughs> it doesn't make you feel deeply uncomfortable. But the flip side of that is that, you know, it does make you feel uncomfortable. It's got it's got a power to it. It's certainly brave to spend a lot of money on a very good looking film that pretty much says this you know things aren't great. I suppose if you wanna I mean I've said like, you know, well this doesn't really reflect um, you know, is it the the viewpoint's a bit skewed and you know the complications of power in, in art and that kind of thing, which um, all of which is true. I suppose what we should therefore suggest is if you're after um, a film that comes from um, indigenous uh, population, from new filmmakers, uh, 2019's anthology movie Dark Place uh, would be as good a place, a love place to start, which is some really strong stories on that. Very different themes. Only 75 minutes. It sprints along. It's a really good film. And it's what the, the last story is fucking brilliant. Um, to definitely worth a go. I'll give you two pounds, twelve shillings. Breakfast. Start tomorrow. It's my brother Mort. It's a good worker, Mr. Lewis. All right, then. You get seven and six a week, sleep in the stables, no boots. Fair enough, boss. Two quid's all you're getting. But it ought to be twelve shillings more. Thanks a lot, boss. I understand you're going to marry a white girl, Mr. Blacksmith. Yes, miss. Is she all white, Mr. Blackson? I spoke to your husband. You know we haven't got anything to eat, boss. 
I got a hungry wife and a kid at home. I told him I can't go on forwarding and groceries. Forwarding? I had everything you're giving me and more. You'll only lose that child of yours if you stay with the blacks. But they keep doing this. Don't you talk to me like that. I'll soon bloody... I've declared war. Right, thanks very much for listening. Um, hope you enjoyed that. Uh, apologies for the delay in getting stuff out. As you are more than aware, we are in the middle of a global pandemic and my head is a fucking shed 90% of the time. However, we're getting there, I think, hopefully. Um, if you want to get hold of me, please do. My email address is uh, videonassipodcast at gmail.com. You can get me on Twitter at orangeuncleclemonkey or you go to the Vigionassi Podcast website or the Last Hour Podcast website and leave a message as did um, Tony from the Video Nasties Project, which is a YouTube uh, channel where him and some people get together and discuss the Video Nasties list. And he spoke about Wrong Way, which we discussed a while ago. He says, when we tackle a movie for the first for, for the half-hour episodes of Video Nasties Project, we'll usually do about 20 minutes of movie analysis and then five minutes of did it belong on the list, five minutes of did we like it. For Wrong Way, it was about five minutes of analysis and 28 minutes of did we hate it. That movie was goddamned garbage. Well, fair enough, Tony. I can't disagree with you. It is a challenging film, it's fair to say. Um, uh, yeah, it, it, it's just a, it's a roughy porno, isn't it? That's at the end of the day and, you know, not a particularly well-made one at that. So yeah, if you want to obviously, you know, if you want to get hold of uh, Tony, um, yeah, if it's it's it, it's on YouTube, so Video Nasty uh, Project, uh, and it will come up. Yeah, and like there's, there's loads and loads on that channel. There's just, there's tons. It's, it's it's a really good resource. So next week uh, we're back with Cronenberg and um, Exploding Heads, which is the most famous thing it's known for. So we're going to cover Scanners. So till then, take care, and I will speak to you soon. Goodbye. <laughs> seen a video nasty i wouldn't i have far too much how, how can you judge on video nasty? Oh, you've never seen one i actually don't need to see visually what i know is in that film